Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber and I am your confidence coach, specializing in communication and personal transformation. I practice this through feng shui and organization, coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, and all that spirituality woo-woo. My mission in life and goal with this podcast is to help you achieve total freedom and optimize your life by building confidence within your mind, body, and spirit. I'm here to tell you that confidence is not something that you earn, but rather something that you learn. And with confidence, personal, time, and financial freedom are already manifesting deep within you. So if you love personal development, spirituality, and shit that blows your mind, then you are exactly where you are meant to be. I already know we're going to evolve to a whole other level together. So without further ado, let's take the next step on your journey of becoming confidently you. Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and I am your host on your confidence building journey. On today's episode, I have a very special guest. I have on my friend Alicia Iwanchuk for a super fascinating interview about our spiritual connection to plants. I have been guilty as charged for being a plant killer for many years in my life, but have recently achieved a harmonious state with the beautiful plants that I have in my home. Alicia is passionate about permaculture gardening and optimizing what uh, what Mother Earth blesses us with instead of exploiting her beautiful resources. We talk about specific tips and techniques, share our experiences with connecting with plants and how our spirits have expanded, and following your passion in life to fulfill your life purpose. Alicia was such a delight to talk to, and I know that if you love gardening, Mother Earth, or want to learn more about gardening, that you are going to love this conversation. So without further ado, here is Alicia. Hello, Alicia. Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me on. Mm, I'm so honored. Thank you. Um, I can you sh- uh, share with our audience who you are, um, what you're passionate about, um, anything about yourself that you'd like to share? Okay, well, as you know, um, as Amber said, my name is Alicia. Um, I am passionate about growing food and growing gardens and tending the earth. Um, I have a 14-year-old son and who I love and two kitties that I love very much. Um, I don't know. Besides, I'm not sure what else I could tell you about my passions. Um, I really like organization. I've gotten really into manifesting and becoming very, very intentional about my life and how, how I go about spending my time. Um, yeah. Mm, I can, uh, I totally relate with you. I am so diving deep into manifestation. I'm actually taking uh, a course on it right now. It's a 16 week long course, but it's like actually more like a spiritual journey. We are like releasing some deeply rooted shit right now, like um, to create space for more positive things in our lives. Like, and it's, 
it's 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 work it's a lot of work it's a lot of work and it it has results like yeah there is something there about intentional living and putting things out into the universe and then receiving them back wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. but you do you have to you can't have those blocks right you've got to be in a position to be able to put out that clean energy of exact intention to get exactly what you want Mm -hmm. in return and that's hard that's a lot of work (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um do you do you feel called to share a little bit about your own spiritual journey like how did you get here today to be where you are at in life right now okay um yes I do I will share um so when I go about things I generally like I roll spiral from the outside in so I kind of feel like the the last like six or seven years have been a spiral from the outside inward. I'm finally getting a little more to my center. But so in my life, I uh, built a beautiful house, had a beautiful child, planted beautiful gardens, and, you know, something still wasn't right. I was... Um, I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't feeling healthy. So then I started getting really intentional about how I use my time, especially in my morning. So I would like set myself on for my day, going to the gym, doing yoga, doing some meditations. And, you know, even still something was, was wrong. Like um, it, it turns out it was my relationship that I was in not being supported properly, but I didn't know that. And uh, about two years ago, um, shit really hit the fan and we were in a really bad financial situation and I had to reach out. Um, to my dad and his wife to um, help us out and that was a real eye-opening situation and it was very scary and it was really humbling and it was really allowed me to see where the support was coming from and it was not coming um, from my relationship at all Um, so shortly shortly after that I like got into the manifestation and I did a manifestation, of course, it was money, right? <laughs> well, I want to manifest money. <laughs> of course, I wasn't in a good, good place. And I was like, oh, God, like, I need, I need to do something. So um, I did a manifestation, just like something off the internet, but got like, just really intentional about money, where I was seeing it flow and where it was coming from and how it was working. And I didn't see anything for a bit. And then I started to see my symbol. And then shortly after that, I um, had my first little garden stand outside my house and I got a second job. Um, This allowed me to see that I was bringing in all the money and my partner was not. Um, He was uh, really like to live on EI and not work. Um, So when I was finally able to afford it, I was able to end that relationship. And it wasn't just like, it wasn't just a financial thing. It was like, but I could quantify that. That was easier to sit down with a pen and paper and put that on there. Yeah. But, right. So that's something you can do. But then it, it allowed me to see that I wasn't also being supported emotionally or mentally. So mm-hmm. it was just like all of that was lacking. And that was, that was it. And so I ended that relationship and that was a big change for me. And so that's been like over a year and a half. Our divorce is finalized. Um, I am in such a better place. Like, like, and now, like, now I know now I'm, I'm free to pursue passion to, 
to look into myself, to see what truly fulfills me. Like there's nothing holding me back anymore. I'm capable of doing anything. And so I guess that's what brought me here. I guess last year after um, we would have like, we split up in um, like right after Christmas and then COVID and then the summer I, um, I pushed myself maybe harder than I should, but I was able to bring my dream coming true of starting my little garden pop-up shop and providing vegetables to people as sales. And so I did some of this by um, deliveries. And then I had a little garden stand just at my house. And this was just, it was great. Like I needed to prove, like not to prove to myself, but I wanted to, you know, I can still do this. I can still do everything I wanted to do. You know, Mm -hmm. that lack of manpower (laughs) was okay. Like it was fine. Yeah, literally. Yeah, 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 exactly. Wow. That's so great. Yeah. It's been a ride. Mm. Can you tell us more about your garden? Like, what's that all about? I mean, I know (laughs) now, I now know why you are inspired to do it, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like, tell us more about your garden. Like, I understand you, this is on your land at your house in the city, right? Yes. 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 Please explain more. There's so much you can do. So basically, um, Every like my house is situated and then the front yard and the backyard is all growing space. I don't have lawn. I don't, I don't have anything like that. Um, everything is mostly used to um, produce uh, perennials, herbs, um, flowers as well, um, native species. Um, I practice a technique of gardening called permaculture. And so that is what it sounds like, permanent culture, mm. right? So it's a way of working with the land that doesn't take away from it and that provides for you as well. Um, So think of like a closed loop network with no waste. So composting, right? No waste. Everything you use goes back into the earth. If you're cutting down branches, debris, you know, you can use that. You can build little, you know, hedges with those um, types of things. So, I mean, to the best of my ability that I can do that in the city, I can. I have two garden plots in the front. Um, one is a, definitely just a permaculture design. The other one is where um, a driveway should be. But instead, I've planted sunchokes. So they're like a cross between a potato and a sunflower. And they're actually native to Saskatchewan. And many people don't know about these. Um, so they grow up on tall stems. And then they have a tuber that you can eat. So you would cook it much like a potato. Um, in the backyard, I have two vegetable plots, which are changed um, yearly to grow different vegetables. And like when you grow vegetables, you have to sort of flip what you grow. So if you grow tomatoes one place next year, you can't grow tomatoes there the next year because they've taken all the certain nutrients out of the soil. I mean, you can amend your soil, you can add things, but you still, you have to be conscientious of that and how much, you know, how much can you amend it? And then there's also things you can't plant after like you can't plant potatoes after tomatoes because they're just both heavy feeders but that's that's really technical (laughs) so um and you know and a lot of that that just comes with you know trial and error um and then also um the whole left side of my backyard is what's called a food forest so it's a permaculture food forest what does that mean (laughs) so it's it mimics the forest how a forest grows, um, but in, in Saskatchewan, I'm, in other um, climates, you could grow giant nut 
trees and whatnot. But in, in Saskatchewan, and especially in the city, in the smaller space, I have like apple trees and Saskatoon berries and hascaps and sour cherries and currants. So those are all laid out in, in plots that are um, separated by a swale system. So swale system is where you direct the water in again in, in that closed loop kind of thing that you're looking at. You direct the water out of your house and whether or not you're going to catch it in a, a rain barrel or I just have mine directed straight into these swales that also are walking paths filled with wood chips and the water runs in through that and can disperse evenly throughout my food forest. What? That is so wild. <laughs> well, and also like, and then when the rain falls, so the rain falls and it goes into these swales and is again captured and dispersed. So you're not losing, you know, this resource that you need and you're not having to use so much extra of your own tap water to feed your trees. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. So oh. hmm. I'm I'm trying, I have not seen your yard. So I'm trying to like <laughs> kind of envision what this looks like in my mind and like everything that you're describing, not just the swales, like your whole yeah. yard. It's like, okay, how big is her yard? Like what does she you it, know? It's a really big yard for for a city lot. It's a really big yard. Yeah. yeah. Lucky. Lucky. I'm lucky. <laughs> mm. Love that. So when did you, when did you move in here and like, how long did it take you to cultivate this? Um, so I've been living in this house for seven years now, but it was an infill project. So um, basically the whole land was scraped bare because we built a new house on it. So mm -hmm. we had a, a fresh clean slate to start this. And 2015, I believe, is when the food forest got put in. And probably the same year the front yard got done. But I mean, now it's just a work in progress. Every year is something new, right? Every year is a new experiment, a new addition. Mm. What is your, your favorite... Mm, experiment that has turned out um oh that's exciting <laughs> <laughs> um I really like um how the front yard turned out because there wasn't much of a plan going into it and sometimes I can be like a crazy artist and that's like what happened out in the front so we ended up building what's called a herb spiral in permaculture speak that's when you build like a spiral structure with rocks or bricks and you fill it in. The idea is um, plants that need less light and more clay soil and more water will be at the bottom. Those herbs that like that. So your mint and whatnot. And as you move up the spiral, you'll go to the more sandy plants. So at the top, you'd have a rosemary. And then, you know, throughout the, throughout the mid part, you'd have some thyme and some basil. And that looks really pretty um it's really easy upkeep um I've designed like trails around that that I just refill every year with compost and wood chips and it just it's filled up with flowers now and it just it, it's so nice to have that in the front yard to look at that and when mm -hmm. people like walk by the house that that's what they see mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I saw uh 
you shared a post on Facebook the other day in your group about the the idea of the lawn. Right. And yeah, <laughs> and I've heard about that before and I've also often wondered it and you know like how this came about and um how it's actually so uh sort of detached from authentic uh genuine nature. And so I really love the idea of using a garden or like utilizing your land differently. And even if it wasn't a garden, but maybe using other things like moss. I love moss mm. um, mm-hmm. or, or just other things that are more mm, energetic. Natural? Yeah. Natural, natural to nature. See, like, um, so in nature, you do not find monocrops. You do not find the same species grown again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. we've done that with the lawn and we've done that with how we, how we grow our agriculture because that's what makes the most bang for your buck. But that hasn't been done for like, if you think of all the civilization and, and when we started actually growing our food, like the, the common practice of agriculture now of these giant monocrops, that's very new. And it's also very unsustainable and we're going to have to transition. But the idea of the lawn specifically came about, I believe it was French royalty who did not have to, they were so rich, so they didn't have to produce their own food around where they live, nor um, tend animals near where they live. They had enough manpower and money to have that away from their home. And they would have these giant swaths of lawn to prove how rich and wealthy they were. Mm-hmm. And so we've taken that idea and then we've gotten these little plots in front of our houses to just prove how wealthy we are. <laughs> like, like it's just like um it, it's it's odd i mean and lawns have their purpose for children children need lawns i mean they can play on clover you know if you're mm-hmm. looking for something more like that and also the lawn like is that lawn doesn't provide uh food for bees it doesn't provide you know shelter really because we're cutting it down so short and then yeah not only not only that we're using our gas mowers and we're using um like pesticides or fertilizer which is essentially killing killing any of the soil or any of the microbes in the soil and allowing this like really nice green grass to grow that's like all pumped up on steroids um mm. so clover is really nice in a sense it's soft it's nice it is naturally occurring around where we live. Like you will find clover in nature and clover fields. It is food for little insects and animals. And it also is a nitrogen fixer. So as it dies back, it feeds your soil. Again, mm. back to that closed loop idea. So it's going to die and go back into the soil, but feed the soil as well and make it even better for the next time it grows. Mm, and it's pretty. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's so pretty. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I decided a long time ago, well, maybe last year, that whenever I have my own yard, that I want to have a moss lawn because it feels so good to <laughs> to walk on moss. I love it. <laughs> very pretty. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. I've, I have tried growing moss a few times. I have not had luck. So I wish you I wish you all the best of luck with that. <laughs> I heard- Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. I read in this book, oh, I love it. I'm pretty sure it's called Life-Changing Foods by um, Anthony William. He's part of the, or he wrote the Medical Medium series. And he really, he said something that like really resonated with me. He said that food has a soul. And so that means like plants have a soul. 
and um, they have their own like unique healing powers and um, that they can, uh, whoever cultivates the vegetable or the plant, um, the, the plant has this ability to adapt its quality of nutrients based on who cultivated it. And I just found that so fascinating. And so definitely like woo woo, like, but yeah. so mm, if you take a minute to think about it, I think that that is um, something to ponder and kind of like experiment with, like how, um, what do you think about that? And like with your experience of growing food and putting your loving energy into your food, like has, has it changed the way that you nourish yourself and your mind, your body and spirit, or like, tell us, tell us about that. Um, definitely. Like, I definitely think plants have a spirit for sure. Like I'll just be sitting here and then I'll just be like called to, I'll just be like, Oh, I have to water that plant right now. And it won't be in the watering cycle. It'll just be out of the blue. And even like, uh, a couple years ago, I realized like I hadn't even looked at my Saskatoon tree like that year at all. And it was like midsummer. And I'm like, I have not given you any love. And like it, I knew it, right? Like I knew it as soon as I did. And I was like, hi, I'm sorry. I actually went out <laughs> the other day with my friend and we stood in front of it. And I'm like, that's what we're, we're just giving it love. <laughs> we, we understand you are here. We, we, we get it. I, I love you. But yeah, like, I mean, with the fact that I, I don't, I don't know how much a plant could change that quickly over time, but I'm sure like if the same person is growing a, a a certain type of maybe not a vegetable because they're an annual and you'll replant them, but say an apple tree and they're tending that year every year. Yeah. You're going to form a, an energetic bond with that tree because you're seeing it every year. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think sometimes our, our smaller, like our herbs and stuff, definitely I've connected with a little more. I have tried, tried talking to the, the really heavy bark trees that like in my yard, like, um, like I have this, big tall tree and I think he just ignores me a little bit (laughs) (laughs) or I just haven't gotten it yet but I um yeah there's there's an energy there and I think yeah the plants can feel it and you can feel I think if you're good to them there's a there's a path between energies now I think um with vegetables um if you are saving seeds say like I have some seeds from tomato plants that my baba gave me that she saved for 40 years now I'm on my like sixth year of saving these same plants like now there's something there right Mm -hmm. because this is the same plant that's passed down that's been and now now with with some of my family now with me so wow yeah wow oh I love that (laughs) like when you think about um like okay I don't know if you know anything about the universal laws, but one of them talks about the law of oneness and how we are all connected. And when you look at this on like a quantum physics level, they, um, I don't remember it exactly, but I, I heard something like when you come in contact with particular mm, molecules uh-huh. uh, of part of something like your, there's like, an exchange that happens there forever. It's kind of like when two cars collide and you know how the paint from one car rubs on the other mm-hmm. and vice versa. It's kind of like that, but with molecules and how there's like that exchange. So it's interesting how like you've been caring for, loving for 
these plants and it it's something mm-hmm. that happened generationally and like what we know about like epigenetics and like ancestral trauma and lineage blah 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 and um just like having that that something I don't know like I'm maybe I'm like way out of <laughs> I'm way out of line here but I'm just like thinking about how I don't know I'm no, not I, I, lost I love it thought. I think I think I think everything is all connected and mm-hmm. we we are in a very divine very big way connected to nature and I think one of the saddest things is that we have lost our way yeah we have lost our way we don't we we know that we love nature we want to be out in nature we think it's beautiful but then when we get the chance to work with it we cut we cut it all away and we turn it into something that isn't nature yeah right yeah oh yes yes you know so we're just like oh just hold on a second no like we can't do it better than nature does it (laughs) we can't we we need to be humbled in this presence in this awe like in the awe of all of it you know yeah yeah and we we live in a we live in a society now where it's such yang and masculine energy like go 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 and we uh, like very high energy in nature and we don't we don't take time to rest as much as we should, in my opinion. And we don't take time to connect with ourselves and with nature. So um, maybe could you share with us how connecting with plants and nourishing your feminine energy has like helped you? Mm, yes. Um, so I took a philosophy class. I think it was philosophy um of technology back in university and I remember we had to do something about like um the different philosophical ideas of how man uses nature and one of the most like what was followed and what is still followed is that we we control nature like nature is there for us to use and so well we we've used it we've used it we've abused it we've turned it into gross domestic product and we've forgotten about our role in it And I think that like, that we can control it, that we can make something better, that we are better. That is a very, that's very masculine. That's very energetic. And so it's very, you know, high intense, whereas the feminine role is more going inside, seeing what the true purpose is and being able to take that time to step back, to relax and maybe just nurture it. I mean, this goes, this, the divine, anytime we picture our like divine archetypes, we, we picture them in nature. Like we're always oh, seeing yeah. ourselves as beautiful next to a flower. We, we know that. We already know that. That is in our gene. Like that is in us. That mm-hmm. we know we belong in nature. And we know that there is a connection there, no matter what. Like nobody has to tell us. We're just like, where do you want a picture? Oh, by, by this pretty flower, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's just there. And um, oh, I know I had more to say on this one. <laughs> but yeah I think just just taking the time to just step back and be observers and to oh and like also like the witch trials that those Mm. those were women that knew how to use plant medicine and they were prosecuted for it heavy they were burnt at the stake and like I think I think our society is still sort of reeling from that and that yeah. was like, because, because that power was so huge, like they knew that was power, that power was so huge. So they had to combat it with something that was just as evil and terrible. Right. 
And so I think we're still coming back from that because we now we still we see that all is woo woo and whatever. And it's like, no, those plants can help you. Like I grow plantain in my yard. You get a burn, you put it on you and you, it gets better. Like these plants are around to heal us and each of them has different properties to heal us. Um, So yeah, it's, it's been like, I just hope, I hope we can come back to this. I hope we can see that, you know, these smaller scale biodiversity, you know, loving the land, understanding the land that's around you instead of just trying to make a profit off of it. Cause that's eventually that's unsustainable. Like mm. it's not, it can't last forever because you you're going to hurt the land that provides for you and you won't have anything to put back into it. Yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me, also um, not honoring the cycles of nature. We overuse um, we are, what am I trying to say here? We, we overuse cycles or like we, we don't consider cycles. And I think it's, I think it's pretty obvious to most people that plants live in cycles, especially where we live in the world. We, we have the four seasons, maybe not to people that live closer to the equator, but even then there are still cyclical plants. Mm -hmm. And um, so like, what do you think for what sort of lessons can we learn from plants by honoring that own cyclical nature in our bodies and respecting and and connecting to that part of ourselves? So I guess what I'm asking, like in a spiritual way, but learning that from plants. I I guess that it just comes down to knowing like, like me and, you know, from taking that um, our cycle thinking program, like we are cyclical creatures. Our cycles are cyclical. We're, we are certain ways at a certain time. There's time for rest. There's time to play. There's time for work. There's time, you know, and I mean, the moon cycle, we, you know, and that's just a greater, greater understanding of how we're a part of it all. We're not more than, and we need to, we need to understand nature. Like we would try and understand our very best friend. Like, what are you trying to tell us? What, you know, not just, I'm going to come here and I'm going to tell you what to wear and I'm going to tell you how to wear it. And then I'm going to pull that pigtail out of your hair because I don't think it belongs there. Like, we're not (laughs) going to do that. Like, Yeah, you're right. We're just not. And I mean, yes, there are certain instances you have to like, yeah, you have to, um, you know, apply a little bit of knowledge. Like you can't just let the dandelions take over your, you know, your whole bed of um, basil or something. If you're trying to get a crop out of that, but there is, you know, it took me years of untraining myself that the dandelion wasn't this terrible weed that doesn't belong. Like, like years. It was finally just last year. I can look at it. I didn't pull it out for several years, but I still thought of it as a weed that didn't belong. Finally, last year, I was able to look at it and be like, oh, you're pretty. You're such a nice little border right there, uh, along with my rock, you know? And it was just like, that was programming. But I mean, dandelions are great. They're the first food for bees. They're, you know, they've got like so many health benefits for us if we can use them right. Mm-hmm. Um, the roots, you can make tinctures out of it. And again, with the cycles, not on so much of a, a spiritual level, but just on, on a permaculture, how permaculture um, relates to nature and understands that like, my permaculture, I don't rake. I don't clean up the leaves. Because in a, in a forest, you clean up. Does anybody come in there with like a rake? No. And does the forest grow amazingly the next year? Does anything mm-hmm. have a problem because nobody cleaned it up? No. It grows amazingly. And all the insects and bugs, 
have little places to shelter. You know, yes. maybe all of those, you know, cute little flowers that were going to pop up a little too early now are sheltered by a little bit more like, you know, a little bit more ground cover. And not only that, those leaves decompose into the earth and become food, food that then helps everything grow. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so permaculture, you know, honors those cycles of nature and tries to, okay, like we don't need to get rid of it. And like, it's gone so far as like, now I'm collecting leaves to use in my yard where other people are like bagging them up. I'm like, sure, I will taste them. Like it's, it's a very different, it's a very different approach. Like I grew up with gardens my whole life, but it was like, you got it cleaned out. You got it clipped down. You got everything looking pristine. And now, now we wonder why there's no bees. Well, like we didn't Mm. give them a chance. (laughs) <laughs> save the bees save save everything yeah yeah mm-hmm. so some of our listeners may want to grow their own food um just like you are or maybe uh but maybe they don't have access to land or because maybe they live in an apartment or don't have yard or maybe they're completely new to this uh <laughs> like me mm. um but i really i really want to start a garden um I have very, I only have balcony space, but I have two balconies. So I really love if you could share any tips to make the most out of the space that you do have. Maybe there's some ideal or some vegetables that would do well, like in a box, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, for sure. Um, So like if you just have a house to work with and balconies, um, there's always house plants. Um, there's cute, like tons of cute little um, herb garden things you can buy for under a hundred dollars um, at places that'll bring, give you the light and everything and the little starter packs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like, I've started all my tomatoes and pumpkins and stuff inside. And I just have like desk. I do have like some, some retrofit into a table, but I have desk lamps, you know, with like the, the tilty little neck and yeah. then you just go and you get the sun bulbs and you put those in there like 14 bucks. And so then you can, you can start that. Like, I don't know how far you would get um, with growing a vegetable like that, but you could do your herb and you could do lettuce. You could do that mm. inside and you could probably do some spinach. Right. And you can always do um, sprouts. You can get little sprouting kits or you can do oh, it yeah. in jars. And so that's a nice way to do it. Um, boxes are great uh, for things like um, lettuce and carrots and onions. I found potatoes don't really like boxes. I think tomatoes like boxes. Um, I've been struggling with three boxes I have on a boulevard in front of my house because um, it's very shaded. I live in a very tree area. There's tons of trees in front of my house, um, mm-hmm. not so much in the back. Um, and then I did take a workshop and somebody said, you know, because of the cars and the pollution driving by, maybe that's not the best to grow vegetables in there. So this oh, year yeah. I'm going to fill it with wildflowers and just make it my little bee highway. So when bees are coming along, can just, yeah, oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. So that's like, like last year, I feel I really, um, I, you know, I wanted to see what I could do. And, but I mean, like, growing and um, taking care of all those vegetables that I grew was really labor intensive. So this year I've got so many flower seeds and I'm going to just plant a healing garden this year and have like a sea of flowers is all I want to see. I just want to see pretty Mm. and I want to handle it with ease and grace and like, yeah, like that last year was like my masculine had to get it work real hard and, you know, see what I could do. And this year I'm just like, no, it's okay. I'm just going to rest. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, I, now I'm all of a sudden feeling very motivated to want to uh, <laughs> grow my own food, especially carrots. Man, I feel like the carrots that you carrots. buy in the grocery store are just, they taste like cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually love growing carrots. They're one of my favorites. <laughs> mm, yeah, I'd love to do that. <sighs> and you know, it's it's so nice. Like, I mean, the tomatoes that I have started now. I mean, I'm gonna take. I've started to take care of them now, and I'll take care of them till they go into the ground. Then I'll still take care of them, and then they'll fruit, and then I'll pick them, and then they'll take care of me, right? Yeah. So there's that. There's that connection, right? So it's. You know, and it's so nice. And I, I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot more work and it's maybe a lot easier to go to the grocery store and buy a can of tomato sauce, which I still do and will continue to do. And I kind of like, I will continue to use the grocery store store full heartedly as long as we still have it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I, I also feel that's maybe one of those things that, you know, it is fairly new and we've become very dependent on it, but um, there's a system in place that isn't the most sustainable that provides us with all those food in those grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm also the the tomato sauce purchaser. Um, yeah. I do love making my own sauce. However, um, unless if I can get farm fresh tomatoes, I don't prefer to buy tomatoes in the grocery store because it's far less cost effective to buy the tomatoes to make your own sauce versus yeah. buying in you know, a $1 can and like still have very oh, for sure. few ingredients in it, like still be yeah. a pretty pure tomato sauce. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Like we have a very like strange system. So mm-hmm. like, it's actually like against city bylaws to sell food from like sell your vegetables at your house. So I mean, for such a small production, so you'd have to get like a cooler truck to get your vegetables to a market. So then you're, you know, you've got your gas, then to have your neighbors who you wanted to sell to anyways, get in their cars and, you know, spend gas to go to the market to get your tomatoes from you. Like, why, why is that a thing? Like, (laughs) that makes no sense. It doesn't make, and, and it also like costs so much money. And then like those, those stands are very expensive. But like at the end of the day, I think like what, what's going to help us is if, you know, if the neighbor down the street trades his carrots for my tomatoes and vice versa. And these like smaller, you know, closed loop systems of, you know, people sharing. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? I hope, you know, I hope the grocery store doesn't go extinct because life will get very hard. <laughs> very yes. Hard. I feel yeah. like the rest of our... Um what is now considered normal lifestyles would have to completely change if we yeah. had to, if we had to provide for ourselves on a full-time basis, you, yeah. those are the people that do that. That is their lifestyle. Yeah. It is. It, that is their focus. They, they grow their food, they forage, et cetera. Like that is what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes a lot of time <laughs> yeah. and a lot of devotion as well. Yes, it does. But I, I could see, uh, I can totally see how it would also be so like therapeutic and your food would be so, mm, you'd feel so grateful, so grateful for your food. It's definitely, it's, it's a different feeling for sure. It's a, it's a really different feeling. I'll just, um, so um, I just want to touch on 
some of the herbs I grow as well, because I also think they're, they have a lot of magic. I use them in a lot of magic spells. And mm. they also, you know, they have qualities to them, healing qualities and benefits. So in the permaculture food forest, um, amongst those different fruit trees I mentioned is also growing guilds. So a guild is different plants that grow together that provide for each other. So a lot of those ground covers are different medicinal herbs. And like I do grow sage and I have picked that with the idea of offering the tobacco. I got some tobacco from uh, a friend of mine and I picked that. And like, that's a whole other experience as well is when I do pick my herbs is to thank them, you know, mm -hmm. for, for offering, you know, for giving themselves to me. And there's different herbs that definitely have different characteristics. And daisies are definitely like daisies in Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> They're very cute. And then you have some very strong and, and sturdy herbs like valerian, um, which is also a sleep aid. Um, but yeah, yeah. So they're just, I just, um, I didn't want to go without at least touching base on those little guys just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I have been, uh, naming my plants. This just reminded me of that when you said herbs, mm -hmm. um, I started naming my plants and it's made me feel more connected to them. I pulled, uh, an Oracle card. It was fairies um I don't remember but it, it basically when I read the description it was saying to um take care of your plants mm -hmm. and so I thought okay I'm gonna name them and I'm like gonna say hello to them when I pass by <laughs> and I'm gonna water them and and like you really intentional when I'm watering them like maybe I'm giving you water and I'm giving mm -hmm. you love Oh, I just, and, and I've been able to keep all of my plants alive. Like this, this is a big thing for me. I have, I have been the, the notorious plant killer for mm -hmm. many years, but I decided I no longer want to be that person. And <laughs> I want to, <laughs> I, I, I want to take care of my plants. I'm looking at my plant right now. She's so pretty Aww. and they make me so happy. I've got a money plant. A, uh, I want to say a Japanese money plant, maybe Chinese yeah. money plant. And um, her name is Penelope or Penny for short. Yeah. <laughs> and she's so pretty and prolific. And I know that she is representing the abundance that I am attracting into my life. Uh, I have a soft spot for Penny. Yeah. Aw, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely have some favorites. That's true. And I'm not sure if like I'm their favorite or they're my favorite. It's taken me a <laughs> long time to keep an aloe alive surprisingly enough really yeah yeah but I finally I'm finally doing it I have one yeah <laughs> but it, that took many years and I could keep everything else alive so sometimes I'm like it can't, it's not me it's or it's maybe it's me because it's not you it's me <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a relationship there and you just have to decide on whose terms it is <laughs> how interesting how that is not only applicable to plants <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you. (laughs) So how has following your passion for um, cultivating your garden helped you feel more confident? Please tell us about that. Yes. Confidence podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know there's an answer there. Yeah. Um, I think I had to ponder it. I'm like, while I'm doing it, I had to have confidence in myself to like, you know, put myself out there and be like, here, I have vegetables for you, you know, but I think on a more, a deeper level, it's trust. It's deep trust in yourself. And when I have trust in myself, I am the most confident. When I trust myself that I will, you know, finish a project or that I know I will, like, um, that I can care for something and I can bring something to life and, you know, bring an idea to fruition. And this is on a very tactical level, which I think I really am is like, I need to see things like with the money thing in my ex, being able to quantify it, trust myself that if I do A, B, and C, I'm going to make things grow. If I make things grow, then maybe I can share with people, you know? So that's Mm -hmm. like a, a a whole line of trust. And I think, um, and then seeing, seeing that grow for myself is just, it's great. How, I love how you sort of touched on it. Um, well, this is my interpretation. It's like they're, they're building blocks to helping you achieve greater things. Those um, seemingly less daunting things that you achieve helps you build that trust within yourself so that you feel more confident yeah. to go for the things that, that are scary. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cause you're not, yeah. If I don't have trust in myself, if I'm feeling like yeah, scared or whatever, yeah, you won't take that chance. But when you're like, Hey, well, but I did this at work and you know, and then I did it again and it worked again. Oh, or maybe it didn't, but I learned from it. And yeah, like, I like how you, say um like confidence you have to practice confidence it doesn't just come so this is yeah yeah putting putting my hands in the soil and not only that like um actually working working with plants and playing in the dirt does release serotonin in your brain so it's it's therapeutic Mm. it you know if I could just if I could have like a little tape recorder all the times I'm out in the garden like weeding around or pruning or you know all the different just like the different ideas that come to my brain it's like you know it some of it seems like yeah like it's divine intervention honestly Mm. oh yes you yes I totally (laughs) agree I know exactly what you're talking about and it also to add to that it's also grounding, which I'm sure yeah. you experience all the time. So it's so grounding. It, um, so are you familiar with being put in a trance state in hypnosis? I have been hypnotized. Yeah. <laughs> so you can actually put yourself in a trance state just by simply kind of going into peripheral vision. And when you do that, you have this... Um, extra um capability to to connect with nature and really alchemize the energy that is all around you in nature because it's more uh positive ions in nature Mm -hmm. right to like really take that in and Mm -hmm. um alchemize that energy into your body so to me like that's grounding is really just taking all of that beautiful energy in and allowing mm-hmm. it to fuel your body it makes me sad in winter that I 
I'm not willing to go out barefoot in the snow. <laughs> I could, I could, but I, I'm not willing to. Um, but yeah, I love that in the summertime, I can go out barefoot and it's such a grounding feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, did I tell you the bee story? No. Okay. So, so I was out and I was in the, in the middle of the food forest and I was quiet for a minute, just trying to, yeah, like take everything all in. Like it must've been just a really beautiful moment. The sun hit just right. And I'm like, Oh, just quiet. And it was really quiet for a bit. And then all of a sudden my senses started to become attuned to everything. And there was just like all this buzzing and all like this little rustling and maybe a butterfly, but all these little like bees and insects that are pollinating and, you know, living and thriving. And, you know, there's all these beautiful colors and flowers and fruit. And it was just like, wow, (laughs) this, this was the moment, (laughs) you know, and it was just, it was so humbling and so awesome to be a part of that and to know Mm -hmm. that I helped I helped to create that little, you know, that little space. I helped to tend that so that this, that this could happen and it, it could, you know, give life to all these other things. It was, it was great. Yeah. Dare I say it's spiritually awakening? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yes. I have also experienced what you're talking about, like really becoming... Mm, sensitive it not in like a negative way but like uh stimulus sensitive to stimulus around you is what I'm trying to say yeah you're really sensitive to the stimulus and you can really feel everything that's going on around you and I think that that is a a great modality that not enough of us are connecting with right now I mean yes uh putting the fact aside that it's winter outside but like in the summer you know we work in jobs that uh, keep us inside all day, some without windows, mm. and we're yeah. so disconnected to nature. And we forget how powerful of a healing modality is if you open yourself up to it and are willing to, to let it work its magic on mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really just, I think, I think this year is going to be really interesting because I've really... I had to turn over the last like year and a half, really turn to to spirituality and reading into things and really, you know, trying to like trying to have confidence in myself, finding confidence in myself, um, using tarot cards, looking for signs, numbers, you know, going, going psychic, having things kind of resolve themselves. But I don't think um, I've ever looked at my garden is the same way I am this year and I'm really really excited <laughs> mm, I'm excited <laughs> for, for you yeah yeah it's mm. like I built it but I didn't quite know how to use it yet <laughs> with right? the infrastructure in place yeah yeah and now this year it will be that much easier simpler yeah exactly. yeah. Mm. yeah definitely mm. so Tell us, what is the most resilient vegetable that almost anybody could grow? I mentioned I want to start a garden. I've never cultivated vegetables before. Like, what is something a beginner could could start with? Um, well, if you have outdoor space and it is sunny and the soil doesn't have to be great, most people can grow potatoes. Hmm. <laughs> and they'll help you if you 
you know, if you're, if you're thinking of just starting a garden space, but you've never really used it before as a garden space, it won't take much work and you can grow a batch of potatoes. What they'll do is they'll loosen up the soil for you. And uh, yeah, they don't, they don't need such specific conditions. Um, again, like some people with green thumbs, they always, you know, they don't grow good carrots. And I think, you know, is that the person or the carrot? So <laughs> it's, sometimes it's just, you know, you just got to try. But yeah. Um, yeah, or, you know, get, get a couple, if you have a nice box, maybe if you just want to try, try start um, with some nice little seedlings that look really healthy from a greenhouse. You know, so they've already got a little bit of a start. And then, oh, yeah. right? And so like, say a small tomato or a pumpkin or some, you know, some plugs of lettuce, right? But I mean, carrots, you gotta, you gotta feed yourself and you can always try. Um, but yeah, so I guess, yeah, potatoes, tomatoes, lettuce, carrots, really good things to grow in Saskatchewan. Really easy to grow. We have a long enough um, time for them. Well, the tomatoes, I guess they do need to be started indoors. Potatoes don't, carrots, don't okay because you have to be very careful too we have a very short growing season here <laughs> very short comparatively to other places right so there's mm-hmm. always like zucchini also another good one Ooh, i like, love zucchini yeah well and then you hear all those funny things like at the end like once you start gardening you'll start like catching on to these things and then everybody's laughing it's like leave leave a zucchini on your neighbor's door because everybody always plants too much zucchini and you can't use them because they grow really really big Mm-hmm. and then you have way too much but um but yeah it's fun especially if you just want to you know if you're just experimenting right yeah you know you don't don't like check your expectations at the door and just see what happens really because you never mm-hmm. know and some years it's a weird year for tomatoes and everybody gets weird tomatoes and some years it's a weird year for radishes and it's just who knows the barometric barometric pressure stuff we have no control over right yeah. You know, you can do everything, water them, do everything. And then it's just like, oh, no, it was just, you know, weird for them that year. Mm. Yeah. I, I've been learning so much during our conversation. Oh, good. Yay. That I've makes me a, really happy. I've got a few plant lovers, garden lovers, advocates, not advocates. Um, they can be uh, advocates, garden advocates. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess they can be an advocate, but that's not what I meant. But no. um, someone who really enjoys it, the word is escaping me right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I really think that they're going to connect with this. And maybe yeah. I hope that we are opening people's eyes to the spiritual aspect of plants. That's yeah. something that's really, that's something that's really helped me um, with coping and overcoming disordered eating is really acknowledging the the energy of plants and what they really mm-hmm. do for our bodies and starting to I um I started to deviate from using the word healthy just because I think it's so um washed down you know and yeah. it, it's kind of sure. lost its meaning yeah. so I really like to think about okay what is this food offering me for nourishment. Yeah. So it's a plant. Um, so is maybe I'm eating an orange. Well, I know that it's, it has vitamin C. I know that it has fiber. I know that it has this, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. So starting to like think about those specific things and then that, that helps guide me to make more wise choices with the things that I put into yeah. my body. 
Mm-hmm. That sounds lovely. And yeah, I like that you wouldn't like, I mean, avocados are healthy, but I have some like weird allergic reaction from them. So they're not healthy mm. for me. So like what's healthy for one person isn't for the other. I think that's yeah. very dependent on, on a per person basis. What's good for one person isn't necessarily good for the other. Is it better that you don't eat breakfast or do eat breakfast or eat a big lunch? Don't eat. I think that's also dependent on a person, like each individual person. Mm. I don't think there's one set, one set fits all. I don't think we can cover humans like that. We're too, too different. <laughs> have you, have you ever heard of human design? Um, in what way? I've heard, uh, I've heard the term. I'm not sure if I know exactly what you're getting at though. It's the science of differentiation. Okay, like it's explain. a specific thing like astrology. So basically it, um, it's kind of, like astrology, except more in depth. It's something I've been learning about. Um, but it looks at it from, it looks at a person more from an energetic perspective, uh-huh. like not, um, not so much about their personality traits, but like how they show up in the world energy wise. Yeah. And, so, and it also like breaks down how people, dif- um, different designs digest food certain ways. So yeah, that sounds like, very much like the different doshas of yoga, like the pitta. Perhaps. Yeah. It's like and, it's like made up of four or five ancient practices. So it, it's okay. it's very uh broad, um, mm-hmm. but very it's it's amazing. There are like over there's like a billion combinations. So that means yeah. that there are literally only like six or seven people on the planet that are just like you. Right. Exactly. Like the same kind of like oily skin digests really quickly, you know, is prone to bloating, all those different things gets angry easily. Like, does it kind of take all those kind of aspects into account or um, what characteristic? It talks about like energy. So for me, for example, I am a projector. And Mm -hmm. so that means that I have limited energy, like how most of the collective is like everybody has so much energy that they can work like a nine to five job or like work for extended periods of hours. Whereas I cannot, Mm -hmm. my energy does not go that far. However, Mm -hmm. the energy that I do have to work, it's highly focused and um, I can put out excellent work, but I only have like a limited amount of time that I can do it. Um, Uh And it also talks about how I need to wait for invitations. So naturally, it excited me when you um, asked if you uh, could come onto the podcast. So I was like, oh, that's an invitation. I'm going to say yes to that because, <laughs> because if I don't receive an invitation, I can come off as a know-it-all and like I, I won't be acknowledged for my good intention behind telling someone something so mm-hmm. it's like I can't in a nutshell I can't give unsolicited advice I have to be patient in like even when I know that I have something valuable to offer in a conversation I have to be invited to talk or else nobody is going to hear what I have to say so Aha. it's very <laughs> it's very very interesting but I, I brought it up yeah because we were talking about the diet digestion so yeah yeah, I'm just I'm learning so much about this human design stuff and I love sharing it with other people (laughs) yeah I I mean I I definitely like I 
don't know about that in particular, but I did actually mm-hmm. take a note and write it down because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that kind of stuff. Like when I, when I like found the doshas and found out I was a pit of dosha and this meant, like, you know, this is all those things. And then it is, it's an energy. It's sort of a template. It is a roadmap that you can work with and then you can get better at being you. Yeah. Right. You're just like, oh man, that like, that makes so much sense. So in this situation, that was just so off or I handled that the wrong way. The same thing with the cycle thinking. It's a roadmap to help you being a better you. That's like all of these things are there. And it's just like, we just have to recognize that they're there. (laughs) You know, we just, and then once we recognize them and we can work with them, then we can perfect them. Not even perfect them, just get better at them or no one, you know. Optimize them. Optimize, much better word. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but in order to optimize, there has to be that awareness. And with that awareness, there has to be like radical acceptance. So like, for example, when we're menstruating, like we just have to accept that we need to rest. Like if we really want to optimize our energy, like we need to rest and then we'll come back stronger. But you have to accept that in order to optimize the energy yeah. And like life, everything that happens, everything, the way like our whole society is constructed is so not like that. Like yeah. we, we don't honor ourselves or our cycles at all. We were honoring yeah. something, something we just created. Like mm-hmm. we just made, we like a bunch of people just made it up one day and now we all go along with it. Like it just actually isn't even there. Like it, it wouldn't, if we woke up tomorrow and you know, the economy didn't exist and all those numbers were flying on screens, like we literally just made it up. Can't we just feed people? Like it's nothing. It's just, it's, it's silly sometimes and overwhelming. And then I have to, I can't go down that rabbit hole too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have been enjoying talking to you so much. And yeah, yeah. Thank I you know so much. that, yes, I know that our listeners are going to want to hear more about this pop-up garden that you have. So before we before we log off here, I'd love to hear more about your pop-up garden and where we can connect with you online. Um, okay, so just on on Facebook last year, I just started a, a group called Pop-Up Garden Shop. Um, I just post any anything that inspires me that's garden related, pictures of my garden coming soon. Um, I did I will be having a few tutorials as they come to mind. Um, and I am. I will be selling some of my produce this year, but again, like I said, I'm not going to be pushing myself as hard. Mm-hmm. Um, some th- things sold really well, like sour cherries and I don't bake. So for the bakers, like they love them. So I'll be all over that. Um, and just things as they come to me, I would just put them up um, on the shop. As a lot of people can connect with me there to find, um, you know, if people, you know, need a connection for compost or, you know, where to get, this type of plant or do you have mm-hmm. this type of plant could I have a slip right um and I have been uh starting to think of a workshop I would like to host um because again I used to think um last year I really thought like I would be successful if I could make money doing something I love which is growing vegetables mm-hmm. and I've taken a step back and I kind of think now uh, you're successful if um, you offer value to people's lives mm-hmm. and you offer value when you're passionate yes. and, and with all that, the money can sort itself out. Um, I'm not exactly in the dire straits I was either. So, <laughs> so 
so things mm-hmm. can be taken a, a little more easy. So anyways, yeah, I, I want to call it uh, the organic gardening in the city, a crash course. Um, uh, it would be a one day intensive gardening workshop, hands on in my own backyard. Um, we would discuss compost, how to, I'm a really easy composter. So I'd be showing people a few things, how to do that. You'd of course get some of my philosophies on lawns and weeds and, and mm-hmm. um, all that. Um, soil, health, soil health, building soil, regenerative gardening, carry caring for mycelium. We didn't even get into that. Oh God. Um, and <laughs> we would be doing the no-till approach, um, succession planting, uh, tomatoes, potatoes, and beans. Oh my. <laughs> Native species, biodiversity feeds the bees. Our ecosystem knows what to do. We need to learn to listen. Um, we'd be doing some cover crops. We'd be doing some permaculture, um, talking again about honoring the organization of nature. Um, yeah. And so I just think it would be sort of a workshop in the morning of planting and getting beds ready and like really like easy how to do this. How can I do this? How can I just go outside with my shovel and do this today? And I would like to show people because it's easy and you can do it. Everybody can do it. Um, we'd have a little lunch. And then I think the afternoon would be spent more on the permaculture side, maybe going through the forest and touching on that. So yeah, I mm-hmm. like I haven't gotten I haven't gotten all the details in place, but it wouldn't be till the end of May. So you can look forward to that coming up on the pop up garden shop as an event that people can, um, yeah, follow. Oh, <laughs> that's join. freaking awesome! Woo-hoo! Okay. <laughs> Not to mention, I want to like see your yard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Please. Yes. Please. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. I, oh, I have learned so much from you and I know that uh, our listeners are really going to enjoy this. And I, I enjoyed talking about the, the woo woo and the spiritual shit with you tonight. Yeah. 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 I love that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy what you're doing. I think it's good. I like, I think it's great. I love um, that you're manifesting. I love that you're following your passion and your dreams. Um, you're really inspiring. So thank you. Mm, yeah. That you. means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrate each other. Woo, woo. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, please show me some love by downloading and subscribing. A small, simple action that helps me share my mission with more people. Did you have any major breakthroughs? I want to hear about them by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Mwah.